Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of Vikings with way too many board games. I'm Tom and I'm joined by... An enthusiastic raider, Justin. Uh, I did not prepare very well for this one, so I will be Adam Bluetooth. Yeah, <laughs> Adam oh, Bluetooth? Perfect. It is All a right, Viking yeah, name. He was a Viking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just, were you just like this guy yeah. with a thing in one ear the whole time yelling at himself? Is that? <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the modern day business Viking, Adam Bluetooth. There you go. There who you is go. constantly trying to make business deals on his, on his, uh, in the headset. middle of the grocery oh, yes. store. That's right. Rating your shelves for all the... <laughs> yeah. Playing the game crazy or Bluetooth. There you go. Yeah. While walking through the downtown core. <laughs> yeah. This is a podcast where we play games in our collections, then talk about them. And today we are talking about A Feast for Odin, a game which I believe, Adam, you own? I do. How many... I do. How... I've only played it like twice now, but okay. I own it. So you've done it like once in real life and then once with us on Board Game Arena? That is correct. All right. Um, I, uh, 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 Adam was, uh, he left the, uh, he left the game in the garage and it's like minus 28 degrees right now. So he's not going to get it. So I've got the back of the box pulled up is... here on, uh, on yeah. the internet. Uh, Cold. Oh, that's Celsius. Cool. By the way, I, don't know, I think it's some. Yeah, minus, minus twenty eight. Well, at I mean, some point, it doesn't matter. At that right? point, it's it's damn close to minus twenty eight. Ev. Yeah. So yeah. it's fucking cold outside. Um, here we go. Delve into the world of Vikings and dabble in trading, hunting, raiding, pillaging, plundering, and raiding some more. Build houses, explore new worlds, and every round have a feast in Odin's name. In this great strategy game, Uwe Rosenberg lets you relive a bygone era. The large variety of actions and occupations guarantees your northerners long-lasting fun with each game creating a new world on your player board. Um, and it also has a big Viking box full of components and possibilities, which I think is, I don't know, you didn't really need to, like, slap that that on the end um anyway this is a uh this is a game uh i don't know if you've uh, ever played a, a a euro style game before fellas but um you, you got you, everyone gets a little bored it's uh got like just a just a fucking chocolate of symbols it's got kind of like a grid on it where you're supposed to put stuff you're you're putting stuff on here that's of a certain quality uh like a green or a blue blue tiles go onto this board um and you, as you cover things up you can get bonuses and get income as you go throughout the game and stuff like that and it's it's pretty much where all the magic is happening um green and blue tiles incidentally are like your your clothes like uh clothes and 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 uh, uh, other other things that you need that aren't necessarily like food or um you know uh, I was going to say food and something else but it really is just food because like the red and yellow <laughs> tiles are like just a yeah, big old hunk of livestock it's, yeah, it's either meat or veg. <laughs> uh, so this game uh, goes through the round. Uh, each turn consists of like you know a bunch of different things where you're supposed to like uh, you know move the move the tiles over and figure out what all the next market is and all this other crap. But really, the game is essentially boiling down to this action phase where you have a set number of Vikings at the start of the game, which are your little meeple dudes, and you will get more of these as you go throughout the game. And you are taking it in turns to put them slap them onto this board which has a bunch of categories on them of what the actions are so you've got like hunting fishing whaling occupationing 
raiding, uh, you know, building huts and exploring and all this other sort of shit. Um, the, the basic gist of it is that like there's rows for each of the, um, for all the different like categories of these things. And then the columns have, uh, one, two, three, or four Vikings on them. So on the very left hand column are like the, the, the items that are easier to do. Cause they only take like one Viking to do. And as you go further toward the right, you've got things that are more costly in terms of the number of people you have, but they also have better, uh, better effects on them. So if you go to the one where you're just gathering resources, like putting one dude down, gives you like a resource off of this, like the mountain range or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and as you go further on, like you get more and more resources. Uh, only, only one player can put their dudes on any particular column row combo. So if I go and start strip mining the mountain, then Justin can't come and use that exact same square. He can use the one, he can, he can use the actions to the right of it if no one else is there, but it's kind of like first come first serve in these things. Um, you go around and around and around doing your things until you run out of dudes and then you pass your turn. Um, and then you sort of go around doing the rest of the rest of the like, I don't know, bullshit that they have, which is like gaining income, getting stuff and eventually trying to like feed all of your guys at the end of the thing. So, um, in the top right hand corner of the uh, thing is a bunch of Vikings at a table. And the idea is that at the end of all of your plundering and getting income and all this other stuff, you need to be able to feed these people. So you have to sort of get a combination of food to be able to feed people as well as uh, trading that food up to or just getting other tiles to sort of cover up the other uh, the other tiles that you have or the other squares on the on the other part of the board or any other subsequent boards that you find because you can also like uh, build lodges which have bonuses on them uh, or find islands which have bonuses on them. And the way it works is that everything you get starts off with like a total point value. So you might get an island and it has 29 points on it. Yeah, except like the entire board is covered with negative ones on it. So like it's actually starts off being worth negative 15 or something. And your, your objective is basically to cover up these negative ones enough so that you get points off of the board. And this is this is pretty much how it goes throughout the whole game is that you are getting uh getting like small resources and trading them up or getting big resources and, and putting them down on your board and sort of this like I don't have any other way to explain it but just like puzzle like manner of putting everything together to try to cover up as many points as humanly possible. Most of these tiles are kind of boring in that there's like cows that are really big. Um they trade up to coats for some reason. Um, <laughs> whale meat trades... It's just a leather vest, man. Whale meat trades up to a uh, robe for... Anyway, the logical <laughs> consistency aside, uh, the the like regular goods are all kind of like they're either long and skinny or like varying levels of rectangular. And then when you get into rating, that's when you get the crazy shit. So there's this other fun little oval shaped thing off to the side, which has all the fun plunder that you can get, or there's some that you can build, but you know don't worry about those. And those ones all have crazy shapes to them and are worth certain number of points, and you can go and like do a raid on them and it involves like you know when you go on a raid you have to roll a die and you're looking for a low number because depending on what the number has then you also have to trade in resources or cards to be able to get that number down so that you can oh sorry that's so that's how whaling works pillaging works in the opposite direction where you like we want to just make your number as big as possible this game is fucking confusing okay um basically you're trying to get as many like 
when you're when you're rating, you're trying to get a high number. So you roll a die, you hope for a high number, you add on cards or resources to make that number even higher, which means that you're going out and you're just like stealing some dude's crown, putting it on your on your thing. Um, a lot of the actions on the other board, on the normal quote unquote actions, um, is what I was trying to describe, which is like you want a low number because you trade in resources. You're trying to get to like a, a low number, like zero or something, to be able to go and hunt a bunch of whales. Um, anyway, this game lasts for about a few rounds. Like uh, this is a really small, small picture. I can't remember how many there are, it's but like, like six like, rounds or so, wasn't it? Leave it six. Yeah, some, <laughs> something like that. It's a nice and, round number. Yeah, and you, uh, you, so you get more dudes as you go, and etc. 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 And you're just trying to like cover up as much shit as humanly possible on these boards you can get more boards by again like for seafaring seafaring out i think is what i can't remember what it's called but you know exploring or something yeah 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 none none of us actually research any of this and this picture is too small for me (laughs) to see um so you know like you get more boards by doing that and you can cover them up and there's rules for all the placements and all that sort of stuff and you you need a boat to go out and do the anyway suffice to say there's systems within systems uh where you're trying to just get as much stuff as you possibly can to cover up all the negative ones that allow you to score mucho mucho points um Mm -hmm. Anything else that you guys want to add? No, it's a really confusing game with a lot of shit going on. Yeah, it is. It's one of those games where initially it is, you kind of look at it and you're like, what is, what's a good thing to do here? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the way this game started for me the first time I played it, as well as this last time, which was like, there's, I don't know, there's literally like what? There's a two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, like there's like 80 actions on this board. You start with enough Vikings to do at least one of these things. Yeah. And you have no idea which one to pick, right? No. Like, 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 I guess I'll no, grab I, some resources. It usually seems I like a pretty go to good the idea. Mountains? Yeah, pretty good idea to go get some wood. Uh, yeah. But once you get rolling, like once you pick sort of your route, uh, I was like, I'm going to make a boat. I'm going to start whaling. We're going to see how that goes. And like once I got going, pretty good, right? I had a bunch of whale meat, started trading that up for jackets for some reason. Uh, Those turned into something else that I was able to turn into a lot of forks. (laughs) really <laughs> know. Yes, right. You had so many utensils. I just had so many forks. Just silverware everywhere. And like it's you know there there's just a, a a myriad of ways to like start the game and like progress and all this stuff. And like when you've forgotten all the rules because there are placement rules which are like on the board but kind of not really understandable unless you read about them. So like green tiles can't touch each other when they're on the board, but you can put blue tiles in between everything, like blue tiles can touch blue tiles, and so blue tiles are better because you can just throw them everywhere. So I just had a shitload of forks just separating that and my, like, coats, and seemed to work pretty good. So um, I like this game because it is, like, there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's a lot of ways to go about it. It's very thoughtful, very interesting in terms of the ways and the things that you can do, um, but it is way too much like off the hop without somebody explaining to you like you almost have to know what every single one of these fucking squares does to have a hope in hell of doing anything and there's just there like i said there's like 80 actions in here that's almost that's almost too many you almost need to like have a training round to jump into this game so that everyone's so that everybody understands kind of like what each thing is so you know where to jump off from yeah i think for me like the only reason i kind of picked a direction was i you start with like a couple of the occupation cards and one of them was like plus one to rating dice rolls. So I'm like, 
all right, I guess I'm going pillaging. Yep. So, you know, built myself a long ship, and uh, that's what I did the whole game. Yeah. And off you went and pillaged. You did. Oh, I did. Yeah, I don't think you had too many uh, too many tiles that weren't just from somebody else, honestly. like No, no, just, they were all... I, I had a sheep. There were all these fucked up shapes, and then one sheep just kind of plonked in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard to put the ship, the sheep in the house. Yeah, uh, no, you can do that in Agricola. That's different, different Uve game. Uh, uh, Caverna, I think you can you can keep them as pets. I can, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you could have one pet in, uh, in Agricola. I think that was the thing. Yeah, you're allowed to have a cow or something yeah, living in your living room. Kind of weird, but I mean that's a thing. Yeah. yeah, sure, why not? I've only played this twice. I definitely enjoyed the uh, board game arena version because it's like <laughs> I don't have to set all this shit up. So it was yes. really nice. Um, and it's also really nice when you're new because it won't let you do something you can't. So yeah. it keeps you yeah. honest. So in a way, it's really nice the first time you play something complicated like this because for me, like a lot of it was just like, all right, uh, I'll try this. It's like, ah, it didn't work. Why didn't it work? I don't know. I'll try something else. Yeah. Learning in the most frustrating way, which is just like by trial and error and waiting for the, <laughs> waiting for the game to tell you what you've done wrong. Yeah. For the big warning sign at the top to show up. It did, did bite me, uh, in the ass once, uh, when I clicked, on one thing that I thought would do a thing, and then it did the opposite of what I wanted. And there's no going back. Board Game Arena is, oh, yeah, is, that's is right. yeah, forward, yeah. just forward unto done. It's only forward progress, man. Right. Like, we don't we don't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. That's right. The, the upside of this... Okay, first off, thing number one. Uh, this game is very similar to... A game like Food Chain Magnate, where your first game, if you're playing with people who know what the hell they're doing and you don't, for example, uh, you're probably going to have a bit of a rough go. Oh, yeah. That goes for your first couple games. Like, there is a, a certain amount of, like, just understanding what's going on that that is um, beneficial. And you're simply not going to have that until you play a few games. So be be prepared. It's, uh, it's a bit of a beater. Uh, number two, if you're playing it on... Board game arena. It's very good because you don't have to set it up, but it's maybe not so good because there's in in real life there's a lot of different boards that you kind of have to pay attention to and maybe glance at from time to time, which I, I will admit can be confusing when you're playing in person. But at least it's nice to know that they're all there. Uh, in board game arena, they're all on on like different tabs, which is great for organization. But if you're if you're playing for the first time and you uh, you might forget that one of those boards is there. I forgot a lot. No, absolutely. As did I, you know, and I and I own this game. And well, I mean, to be fair, I've only played it a couple times. And uh, the time we played it for this on Board Game Arena was like the day after my wife's Christmas party or my Christmas party. Anyways, not that that's an excuse, but <laughs> boy, was I feeling post festive. <laughs> You, like you, you over festive. I was too festive. What there's uh, the night before. And uh, anyways, like I said, not an excuse, but just boy, oh boy, was there a lot to comprehend that day. And I was not in a comprehending mood, so to speak. Um, still good game. Really fun. I, I, I think there's pros and cons to both ways of playing it. Um, yeah. Pros and cons to, to both ways of playing it. I, I definitely recommend like if you are going to play it um, like try try it on board game arena because i think that's a lot easier for a lot of people to access uh, unless you know people that have it uh however be aware that uh when you play it in real life you may have a different experience mm -hmm. 
It does, Food for thought. Is it a bit? It seems like it's a bit of a table hog in person. That's huge. Oh yeah, it's monstrous. Okay, because like the player yeah. boards in the war game arena that were they seem quite large like there was a lot going on and then there were like you could go explore newfoundland and labrador and then also have like five houses just taking up all the yep. room yeah yeah no no there's a there's a lot of stuff you you want to make sure that you are prepared for this like put the leaf in your table kind of thing okay. not recommended <laughs> um, for play on an airline oh no, no, yeah, jesus no. lord help me no <laughs> please don't i mean if you do like send me a picture uh on I don't know, some social media, whatever social media is in <laughs> trendy at the time that you do it. If you play Feast for Odin on a goddamn airplane, boy, yeah. oh boy, that's something I want to see. I feel because like I'm I'm not sure. I feel like that should be uh, some sort of meme thing where there should be a forum somewhere where people just post photos of board games that should not be played on an airplane. Just like playing obnoxiously large board games on airplanes. Yeah, that's a that's a real agent of chaos move. <laughs> that's why I like it. Well, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, math checks out. Seems like a good time to plug our Patreon so you can help <laughs> us get a private jet and we can make some of these happen for you, or at least set up a studio. Oh, no, that, yeah, that replicates yeah, yeah. a private jet. Oh, it just, it's probably Ooh. cheaper. Which one? <laughs> yeah, I guess. In the long term, as fuel becomes more and more scarce, like I guess mm. it makes more sense to have a little house on hydraulics than uh, than like an actual. Maybe plane. just you know you you could buy buy like a an old old private jet that uh, you know you don't need to worry about flying it. What? Oh, okay, I see. Need to do a feasibility study on this. I thought you were like get a private jet and like well, one of us has got to learn how to fly the damn thing. So now now one of us has become a pilot, and six <laughs> six years later, <laughs> fly it around. Play board games what the hell happened to these games? what way what could possibly go yeah. on i have this brand new business venture there you it go involves odin vikings and a private jet yeah. that's how we know we've made it you know and we have our private jet for playing board games <laughs> uh yeah one, one other thing i was going to mention was that i've heard that this game is very good as a solo thing which i can understand because of the way the like basically you're kind of buying puzzle pieces to put into a to a puzzle which is kind of mm. kind of cool um so that might be a way to like you know get into it there is an option on board game arena unfortunately this is this game isn't free on bga but like you know bga is not ridiculously expensive um but there is an option that you can play this solo which is i've heard quite fun i mean i don't i haven't done it myself i almost had the urge when i was very bored at work but <laughs> at work haven't tried it does it have like an ai kind of thing going on or is it just you just kind of playing around and finding the optimal route different you know trying yeah different it's strategies? it's yes it's it's definitely quite a bit of trying to find the trying to find what works oh, okay <laughs> spoiler alert nothing nothing works <laughs> only whaling um, yeah, I've never never actually done it, but I've heard that it can be fun. I mean, basically, basically, I, I, the way I look at it is your first game is going to be basically a solo game anyway, where you're just like, let's see if I can hit 100 points, right? That's that's kind of your goal is like, let's see how high I can get and let's not worry about Let's see if I can break zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm going for can par, everybody. Positive digits. It is really funny when you look at your score on Board Game Arena. It's like you look over, it's like, oh, it's negative 75. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I'm sure this is going to go well. Um, what else is there? I mean, you mentioned the occupation cards. This is kind of like, you know, both Agricola and Caverna have. I don't remember if the one about the um, Iceland had those. Uh, Reich. 
Hold. Raycolt. Raycolt. Oh, fuck. I own that one too now. All right, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the the one thing that isn't super represented in a lot of these pictures is the occupations, which is pretty fun because, like, they inject a good amount of chaos. And like in Justin's case, or, or like Justin said, right, it can sometimes give you something to shoot for if it's like, hey, you know, do this thing and you get a bonus. I think that's basically where I got the idea to start becoming a whale trader um, is <laughs> you can sometimes put down these occupations, which give you these cool bonuses. And I think that's it's a pretty fun way of adding a little bit of spice into uh, what would otherwise be like it's still a very complicated game but i think that like the 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 occupations make it a a lot of fun and can inject a lot of different uh different paths in your game so like all in all i i i I don't think i've i mean i've always enjoyed my my playthroughs of this it is extremely like long for uh you know euro games which is you know i think pretty typical of uh uve rosenberg games where they seem like oh we're gonna go farming oh let's do a little bit of viking stuff and it's like oh wow there's a lot a lot of stuff in here huh guys do i (laughs) how long it's his it's his thing like he's you know he's he's not he's not huge on on crazy themes like he's just like yo we're gonna we're gonna make this great game with incredible mechanics all about farming or being a viking but not just not just the cool parts of being a viking not just the raiding and the pillaging no 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 yourself that's right yeah we we need to talk about you know cultivating our sheep herd and (laughs) and having grand feasts which are kind of cool spoons everywhere spoons yeah the cutlery yeah yeah we, we need to talk about viking cutlery i don't really have too much else to say um uh, I think one of the things that is is a big departure on this one from some of the other ones that we've played is the is the dice. So like that can be sort of a kick in the nuts if you get a bad bad roll. Uh, you know, where you go whaling and it's like roll this d10 and you got to get down to zero. So you gotta and I think you get uh like minus one for every Viking you have or something like that. Like you get some 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 amount off right off the bat. And then everything else does has to come from resources or cards. Um, one of the nice things about the way that they've done it is that if you fuck it up and you don't get to catch that sweet, sweet whale, um, you get like a bunch of your dudes back and then you get like a consolation spear or something, some, some food. So not, so it's, it's kind of nice that even though, uh, you know, there is dice, which does sort of inject this like, uh, like chaos into the whole thing. You're never going to go in there and like go all in and then get completely fucked over, which I think is good. Totally. There, there, there is like one, there's ways to kind of mitigate it. Mm. And two, even if you, even if all things go to shit, you at least get something which makes things easier next time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they all kind of feed back into one another or like even with the rating, if you fail, you got a rock and a sword, which, you know, yeah. you can use to both to either add on or use the rock for something else. Go, go build a rock house. Which must always be fun to come back from a raiding party and showing your <laughs> clan leader that like, uh, so I found a rock. Yeah, we, uh, we, we took uh, all the rocks from their beach. Yeah. Their beach is rockless now. Uh, we didn't get that gold hoard, but, uh. So we didn't get any of their stuff, but those motherfuckers aren't going to be having rocks for a while. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anything else you guys want to want to talk about with this, uh, Feast yeah. Road? Um, I've heard, and I, you know, I, again, I haven't played the game enough to really experience it, but I've heard that there is some sort of 
uh, at least within the base game itself, people, the the collective board gaming hive mind, if you will, have de- have like developed a quote unquote best strategy, oh, which is, uh, yeah, well, I know. Right. Um, and it, it's from again, from what I, I what I understand, it is uh, it's hard to compete against. So if you play with a bunch of people who do know what the hell they're doing, there's a good chance that a bunch of them are going to be fighting over trying to get, you know, this this one specific strategy. However, I have also heard that um, the Norwegians, which is the expansion, uh, introduces, I mean, one, a lot more content and two, uh, it kind of fixes some of those problems. Uh, again, I can't really speak to it on on like a personal level because I've one never played the Norwegians and two, I've not played enough Feast of Odin to really be aware of this strategy but just so you know it's out there now with a hundred choices yeah yeah we we tripled the action board and now there's <laughs> 198 different actions you can take uh-huh. try to figure out this this puzzle doesn't involve just getting as many islands as you can is that it i i have no i honestly don't know no idea okay yeah, no, I, I like, like I said, I, I saw, you know, there's a, there's a couple threads on Board Game Geek about this one particular strategy. I'm like, well, I'm not even gonna bother reading this because a one, you read a one star review of a guy who's played this for two thousand hours and said, well, they found this one strategy, and now none of the games are fun. One star. Yeah, I mean, yeah, except for those two thousand hours. Yeah, I love those on Steam. Where it's like, this oh, game I know. fucking sucks. Time played five thousand hours. Like, uh. <laughs> It's like those people that sink like six months into Diablo three and they're like, This game's terrible and has no content. You're like, Yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have just like played this nonstop for fucking (laughs) three months, you fucking maniac. The first three hundred hours are pretty fun, but it just doesn't have enough to keep you coming back. (laughs) Wonderful. Reminds me of those maniacs playing WoW. Anyway, um, So, uh, anything, anything else? Any final thoughts? I, I was wondering, um, like, I think both We've of got you it all compared out. this to Agricola and Caverna. Um, besides, besides, like, the sort of the tile placement thing, are sort of the action spaces the same? Like, is this kind of like a best of of those from, like, an action worker placement perspective? The differences are that, like... Hmm. The difference one of the one of the big differences is kind of like the Tetris part of it, right? Where you're you're trying to like cover stuff up and and get your you know, get rid of the negatives and and all that sort of stuff. And um it's it's the same but different. I definitely I, I do feel that this is realistically kind of Uwe Rosenberg's like magnum opus. Like this is this is his best game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Agricola. I really like Caverna. Uh, and I, I personally feel that, that Feast for Odin trumps both of them. It's, it's just, it's so clean. There's a lot going on. Um, it, it feels overwhelming for the first few games just because it's, well, it, it is overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it just, it just feels like, like it's, it just feels like a lot. Um, and the first couple of games you play, and especially if you're, you know, in any sort of post festivity condition, um, like it, this is not, <laughs> this is not a great game for the, for those sorts of, of moments, but I mean, it's, the game is just incredible. It's so good. And it's, and again, I, I too have heard that the, that the solo 
mode or the solo version solo play within the game is absolutely incredible um yeah i'd like this this is one of those games where if you if you like this style of game if you like worker placement if you like puzzles if you like tetris um it's it's really a a no-brainer to to just recommend feast roden well what kind of uh Star rating. What kind of numerical value would I associate <laughs> with with Feast for Odin? Yeah, if, the numerical if Odin value that I would associate with Feast for Odin. A star on value on that. Yeah, I, I would. You know, some sort of numerical value between I don't know, say one and ten. Uh, I, I would say it's nine and a half. Like the game is, it's yeah. just great. It's just really good. It is. It is a the. It is just a heavy beast. Do not get discouraged uh, if you get absolutely thumped in your first few games because it just that's just how it works like especially if you're playing with people who have who have played it before um yeah like you there you you stand a, a great a great a great risk of being whomped in your first couple games but um there's a there's just a lot going on there and it's damn fun yeah oh yeah what do you think justin well uh yeah this isn't a game that i own it, in a way it reminded me of something like um Isle of Cats with the whole like putting stuff on the ship sort of thing and trying to like remove points by covering the rats, whereas this you're just removing minus ones, uh, but with a lot more coherency and stuff going on. Um, like I've never played Agricola or Caverna, uh, so I can't reference that, but I found I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it, and it was a lot different than I thought it would, uh, that, that it was. Like it, it took me a while to kind of grasp the mechanics and it presents a very interesting puzzle with sort of trying to find different routes to get points and you know going whaling getting trade goods and upgrading those or just trying to raid and upgrade those or um yeah it, it's it's a very deep puzzle that i was still thinking about afterwards which i think is a is a really good sign um it's not something that i would probably rush out to buy uh but that's mostly my gaming circle um rather than an indictment on the game itself um but yeah it, it's a i'd say a cautious recommendation uh as sort of i don't know kind of a medium to heavy euro and it's there's because there's more going on and more interesting choices uh i find it a lot more engaging than a lot of euros like uh what is that kind of castles of burgundy or something like that um where I just kind of feel like it's a boring solitaire game in this because there's more things going on, you know, almost kind of like uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, where you can kind of see what other people are doing and, you know, see them gathering these things or going for this worker spot. And it's more engaging because it's like, oh, you know, is that, you know, especially starting off like a kind of looking over and be like, oh, what's he doing? Like, oh, oh, that's interesting. You know, maybe I should try that next game. Like I'm already, already thinking of the next game. Which I think is a good sign. So yeah, it's a it's a good game. It's a cautious recommendation, but I, I enjoy it. It's just not necessarily something that I could see getting out regularly, and probably a bit too much of a table hog for me wanting to just play it solo. And that's about for me. What about you, Tom? You gonna be uh, scrounging for this? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. My scale is uh, keep or not keep. If I had this, would I keep it? Uh, if I had this, I'd definitely keep it around. Um, I'd probably honestly like not worry too much about keeping Agricola or Cave Farmers. Caverna, sorry, Caverta colon cave farmers around. Um, because, yeah, I think this has a lot of the same stuff in it. 
that is fun. You know, all the actions and whatnot are, you know, from the from the Agricola style of things. But this has just got more stuff and it all works really well together. And, you know, the puzzle of, well, I've got two of these coats and now I need to find myself 16 pieces of silverware to stick between them or whatever is a good puzzle. And it's uh, and it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed both of the times that I can remember playing it. Um, you know, if, if I could find it uh, for like on sale i'd probably maybe pick it up because like i, I already I, I also don't think that i'd have a ton of opportunity to just like bust this thing out uh in all honesty if i have you know the requisite three to four hours to kill playing this i'd rather play something that involves i don't know orcs or space lasers or something so um you know i, I can't see myself you know whipping this guy out all the time but you know online um i i almost i almost played it the day after we played our game so I think it's well worth it if you uh, you know want to try it out on Board Game Arena because again it's like I, I'm not being paid by Board Game Arena or anything like that but it's only <laughs> like five dollars a month so like you can play a lot of you can play a lot of Feast for Odin in in one month solo if you really want to so um, you know I recommend you check it out um, if you you know if you like Agricola and you like Caverna you may as well just I mean you could probably just go pick the damn thing up because it's probably going to scratch that itch for you um yeah uh, so so yeah it's a key for me i recommend it i recommend you check it out online first probably i mean that'll probably be the best way to get it your feet wet if you're not uh sure about it um and yeah if if i see it around you know and it's not horrifically expensive or if i'm just feeling charitable at the time i might i might grab it you never know um but yeah it's a really it's a really great game i've enjoyed it every time i've played and uh you know if you play it enough question mark there's an expansion which apparently allegedly fixes a strategy that of course some maniac came up with because that's what people do some people are just looking to break the game speaking speaking of games i've come up with what i'm hoping might be a fun little a fun little interstitial here oh he's ready for this it's called yes. lay it on me what? hold on let me see Uh-oh. let me see okay I'm just trying to find I'm trying to find the one that I found that I thought was quite quite funny. What I'm calling this game is guess that game based on the one star review. Um Oh good. So, <laughs> so so what I've what I've done or what I was thinking of doing is um uh, is is picking picking a one star review from some of them on Board Game Geek and I want you guys to try to get and you get one guess. I'm gonna give you guys one guess and hmm. uh and you and you're gonna try to figure out what it is. Is it wingspan? Uh, hold on here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, I think this one because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find some that are vague enough that you can't yeah. just like get it. But uh, I do, I do like some of these. All right, here we go. Dry, boring, somehow inducing analysis paralysis in many people, which makes this dreadful experience even longer. Move stuff around and try believing that you are having fun would rather rearrange furniture. A much more pleasant thing to do and leaves you with the sense of a job well done at the end. The only thing you'll have after finishing beep is why you even started in the first place. How people think it's a good gateway game escapes me. I would have never gotten into modern board games if this were my introduction. Hey, a gateway game where you're moving shit around, yeah. quote unquote. Now, is it is it one we've played? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go off of ones that we've played for this podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh shit! Well, I mean, we only have two hundred and some episodes to dig through. Uh, yes, but it cool. is a gateway it's not narrowing game. Narrowing it down a ton. Moving... Yeah, well, it's a gateway game where you're moving shit around. Let me, just, let me just double check that I'm not like fucking with you guys here. Yeah, moving just gotta shit around. Just gotta make sure that I'm not that we have actually done this one. I don't know. Is it pandemic? 
No, it's no, not I don't think pandemic. it's pandemic. Damn. All right, Justin's out. Yeah. Moving shit, or like it's the moving shit around part that really <laughs> yeah. fucks me up. Um, I was thinking, you know, maybe he thought removing shit. Yeah. Uh, well, these like are ver- these are going to be a verbatim, <laughs> so, except for the name. This, this person stuck the name in there, so I was I had to beep that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously that has to get censored out. No, no, yeah, that yeah, that completely yeah, yeah. makes sense. Okay, um, like uh, like I, okay, I'm just going to go with what I like. The first thing that popped into my head, although I, I'm I'm I feel fairly certain that it's incorrect, but uh, you never know. Uh, I, I want to say that it's like Splendor. You got it. It's Splendor. Oh. Oh, nice. This, this person hates Splendor. There you go. Wow. How do they hate Splendor? Like, they hate you fun. you a lot of stuff around in Splendor? I don't know, man. That's why I thought it was funny. <laughs> Splendor's <laughs> such a good game. What? There's some other there's some other vicious ones on here, but they're they're too long they're too long to go into. Man, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any sort of constructive criticism, fire that on through email at collapsinggameshelf at gmail um, Twitter, and if you have unconstructive criticism, you can stick it up your duff. <laughs> there you go. Or send it to our Twitter account that is probably, yes. I don't know, lying fallow. Uh, yeah, for, for as long as it still exists. <laughs> it's currently on fire along with the rest of Twitter. Uh, yeah, I might. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna keep plugging it because I think I'm just gonna no. delete mine because I don't know. It's, uh, uh, yeah, why? There's, yeah, not not useful at this point. Uh, so yeah. Use the email, and we might pop up somewhere. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Justin. What is the email, Tom? I said collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com. Oh, right. I oh. was just checking. Oh, I wasn't oh, there sure. There you go. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's collapsinggameshelf mm. at gmail.com. Perfect. Like Gmail. Like like G. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mail. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is yeah, what it is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I got yeah, it. Yeah. Look, we haven't, we haven't done this in a while. Um, it's all good. So in a, in, a, in a land where there's no Twitter, uh, well, I guess you can still use your address, and I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still have my Twitter. I, I don't know if <laughs> I've used sees it. About the same level of use. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has yeah. seen the same level of use uh, f- uh, from its fruition, uh, which is little to none. Uh, but if for some reason you feel like tweeting me at Don't Trust Justin, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me your favorite board game that involves a Norse god? I'd love to hear about it. What about you, Adam? Cyclades. Uh, I think. Those oh, I guess are it's all not Greek. Norse. That's Greek. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ignore that. Edit. Um, if you are looking for me, I am at for the win on f o r t h e w h y n on uh, on the social medias. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what social media is going to look like as uh, as like I said, Twitter. Twitter con- continues to spiral out of control. Um, so if you're if you're looking for me, I try I I grab for the win on every social media I can get my hands on. Um, so if you're looking for me, that's a great way to do it. Um, it is goddamn cold out, so FTW Bakery has been bakery FTW Barbecue and Bakery has been taking a uh, a bit of a hibernation. We've been having a particularly nasty winter this year, and uh, it does not does not lend itself well to barbecuing. So um, if you want to keep up with what's going on with that, and maybe we get a, a burst of decent weather and and I can actually cook something, um, forthewind.com uh, or FTW Barbecue and Bakery on Facebook. Either one will get you some info. 
Um, that's it. That's all I got. All right on. Yeah, I guess my social was t- Team Rage Tom. I might, I might, yep. I might resurrect that somewhere else. But like, I mean, yeah, if you want to, if you want to find me, Team Rage Tom, probably the place to try it. I don't know why I decided to stick that at the end. I should have just stuck to my guns, man. I don't know. I don't no, know. you're fine. No, it's you're okay. Good. It's okay. Yeah. I'll just have to what start is. up a business, I guess. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back at you next time with something fun. Thanks again. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.